You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Triple Content Creations and Podcast Jukebox present bonus content. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. The podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Minnesota, Minnesota number 28 of Disability After Dark. And if you are new to the Minnesota or the show in general, a Minnesota is a tiny little morsel of awesomeness that we do once a month where you read in your stories or letters or, or let's try that again, where you, you don't read in, you send in your letters or stories of disability and I read them back to you and we speculate wildly and sometimes I give you prompts of things to write about and then we talk about it on a little Minnesota and this, these come out once a month every month on the 6th, so that's what this one is, and if you can believe it, we're already on Minnesota 28, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Alright, so let's get this Minnesota started. For this Minnesota, I asked people to write in about their experiences being disabled and being in the hospital or dealing with doctors or having medical things happen to them because so many of us with disabilities have stories about doctors who don't listen to us, doctors who do really awful things, or we also have stories sometimes where doctors do actually listen to us and things actually go quite well, but we never get to really talk about our experiences in the medical field openly enough, and I wanted to give you a chance to do that. I, myself, have been in the hospital many times where doctors and nurses don't listen to me. I've had so many fights with patient liaisons and doctor advocates and people who are there supposed to be supporting me but don't actually listen to me because I'm disabled. And so I know what it's like to try to get somebody in the medical field to listen to you about your disabled experiences. And I want to hear from you some of those experiences that have happened to you. So that's what this Minnesota's about. I asked you to write in about your experiences being medicalized as a disabled person and what that meant for you and here we go all right so let's do it now so the first letter we got for this minnesota comes from allison who spells their name a-l-i-c-e-n which is so cool i love that spelling thank you for writing in they wrote in and said andrew i have so many stories of shitty nurses and doctors i could probably list 100 plus but here are a few of the worst Oh dear, I am I'm so ready. So Allison continues, while cleaning up while cleaning me up during a bowel cleanse, and when I said ow because my skin was getting raw from all the wiping, the nurse said, Do you want to do it yourself? No, shut up to me. Wow, that nurse is wow, you can't do that if you're a nurse. You can't say that. That's really wrong. And I'm so sorry that they would say that. Another story that Allison brings to us says, A doctor walked into my room when I was a child, tickled my toes, and when I, re- when I didn't respond, he asked my mom, What's wrong with her? My mom said, She has spina bifida. He replied, Spinal what? Oh dear, first of all, the doctor should never be asking 
anyone what's wrong with them. That's horrible, and I'm so sorry that happened. No, 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 no. Allison sends in another little moment where they say, I spent three weeks under a tent in the infectious disease department of a children's hospital because they couldn't find a kidney infection. They'd sent me home to die. What? They sent me home to die because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me when they stopped us in the parking lot and told me told my mom, we found it. She has a kidney infection. Holy fuckballs. They sent you home to die because they couldn't figure out what was... That's terrifying. That's this... Fuck. I am so sorry that happened to you. Holy shit. Allison then says, and then the worst of them all. At the age of 16, I was tied down for 12 hours because a nurse could not get a vein. Hold on. You were tied down for 12 hours because a nurse couldn't get a vein? What the fuck is happening? That should not... Whoa. Allison says, my, my mother was escorted from the hospital. I was screaming begging them to get a pediatric nurse. They refused and told me to shut up and stop moving. A test that should have taken no more than an hour took 12. Afterwards, I was given a box of apple juice and sent to my way. Jesus Christ. Oh. My. God. She continued, Allison continues, I had peed and pooped myself by then. There was no apology or even acknowledgement of what they did to me. When I saw my personal... My primary care physician to get results of the test, she was astonished by my condition. I had bruises on both my arms and legs in the outline of the straps that were put on me. I have major CPS, CPTSD from that experience. A few years later, I saw the nurse that did it to me, and he refused to make eye contact or speak to me. He was still employed by the same hospital. My mother could have sued, but I'm disabled, we're poor, and I didn't have the resources to take on the hospital. Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm so, so sorry, but thank you for sharing. And to all of that, every single story you shared with us today, Allison, I want to say that if they had just listened to you, none of this would have happened. And I'm thank you for sharing, and I'm so sorry that it happened to you. And we need to do so much better in our medical system to ensure that these kind of things don't happen to people with disabilities and this kind of negligence and and just horrible stuff doesn't occur and I'm so sorry that you went through that but thank you very much for sharing Allison I got a letter from Artie who writes in and says hi there my name is Artie hi Artie thank you for writing in they they say I remember back in 2016 a couple days after Christmas being in so much pain around my ribs I collapsed on my bathroom floor, screaming in pain, and I ended up calling an ambulance. Oh, no. Fuck. That sucks. All my vitals were normal, not surprising, but they took me into accident and emergency anyway. Oh, Artie, are you from, are you from the UK? Because accident and emergency is what they call it over there, right? So, so, hello, old chap. So, yeah, that's, that's the, the extent of my British. I'm going to stop now. Artie says, I have, hi hi I have hypermobility syndrome. And my ribs can come out of place, but I had already been laughed at by doctors when I mentioned this, so I let them examine me. The doctors laughed at you? <sighs> this is so wrong. Doctors, when a patient comes in with pain, don't laugh at them. Please. Please. 
Ernie says, the male consultant barely looked at me, asked me to do some movements, and asked if I had coughed recently. I said, not really, but he was totally convinced that I had pulled some muscles around my ribs from coughing too much. No x-ray, just a prescription for some codeine. Hold on, your ribs were at a place and all they wanted to do was give you codeine? Oh, oh no, 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 that just sounds really... That sounds like way not enough. Codeine, wow. A few days later, I went to my old osteopath who felt around and confirmed that my rib had likely slipped at a place and was now returning back around uh, and, and was now returning back but not completely gone back yet. Since then, I've never gone to A&E with my rib pain again because I'll just be brushed off. This is such a problem that emergency rooms are places where whatever pain you're feeling, you should be able to... to talk about it. And I've been in the emergency room and told, that I, and, and told them about my pain. And they brushed me off too. I went to the emergency room a couple years ago for some IBS pain. And I was really, really worried about my my IBS stuff. And I went to the emergency room and I wanted them to do something. And I was like, please do something. And they were like, oh no, you're fine. Just go home. Here's some drugs. And I was like, I don't want just your drugs. I want you to do something. So I know what it's like when you when you, when you you go into the emergency room and you want somebody to to really take you seriously, and they just don't. So I've, I've been there. And thank you very much for sharing, Artie. This next one comes from Kathleen Downs, who said, I'm 26 years old and I have cerebral palsy. Hey, Kathleen, I have cerebral palsy too. What up? Welcome. She says, I recently had a hip ostomy and I was placed on an adult ortho floor where the staff was totally unhelpful in moving me. Yep, I've been there myself. It's really, it's really, really bad. Kathleen says, they said they don't lift and offered no mechanical aids, so my mother basically served as my nurse. This happens all too frequently where you get in the hospital and, and the staff are untrained on how to lift or simply don't want to, to quote, protect themselves. And that can be really hard because then how are you supposed to get support? How are you supposed to get moved anywhere? And this happens. This happened to me a bunch of times when I was in the hospital for my gallbladder stuff. Many, many times the staff didn't want to lift and refused to or wouldn't bring the Hoyer lift to the floor that I needed to. So tried to lift me manually and realizing they couldn't and almost dropped me a number. It happened to me a number of times. So... I've been there, Kathleen. Kathleen says, When I filed a complaint after discharge, I found out there was a closet with lifts that no one offered me. Yep, this happens all the time, too. The lifts are often always available, but nobody wants to ever use them. And that's really, really, really wrong. I mean, these hospitals have the money to pay for these lifts at cost, so they get them and they don't want to use them. People with disabilities need these lifts to feel safe. These Hoyer lifts and these things make us feel safe. So when the hospital refuses to use them, it's like, what the fuck are you doing, hospital? You need to protect yourself. If you drop me and hurt me, I'm going to sue you. That's it. Kathleen says, when I was very sick and requested a commode, no one except a nurse helped us. When my mother remarked about the lack of bathroom access, the aide said that, quote, this floor is for people who walk. Oh my god. That's so ableist, I can't even... Wow. 
That's just really wrong. I'm so sorry the nurse said that to you. Kathleen says, They kept forgetting about my Mitra Fanoff urine channel and had no interest in learning. Okay, Kathleen, if you want to write back in and educate me on what a Mitra Fanoff urine channel is, I'd love to learn because I don't know. And I can we can then tell the listeners because I don't know what it is either, but thank you for bringing that in. Kathleen says, It was so scary and the hospital response was lackluster. When I brought up the lack of disability knowledge... The patient care director used the excuse that cases like mine are usually pediatric. Jesus, you know what? The pediatric cases of people with disabilities will turn into adult cases of people with disabilities. So you have to learn it and know what it is, doc or patient advocates. It's not fair that we're treated like children and then when we we tell people that disabled people will grow up to be adults, they're like, well... That doesn't matter because it's a pediatric disability, so I don't need to know it. Fuck you. Yes, you do. Kathleen continues, In rehab, I was pressured to wear a diaper because it was easier for the staff. Yep, that's happened to me a number of times in hospital where they're like, oh, it's just easier if you wear a diaper, no big deal. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe it's either easier, but what about my dignity? What if I don't want to feel, what if I don't want to get diaper rash at 35? You don't know. Leave me alone. Maybe I don't, just let me have the autonomy to decide whether or not I want to wear a diaper. Fuck. Um, Kathleen says, I did because I didn't trust them to come if I had to use the toilet or needed help cathing. I typically cath on my own, but sometimes I need help if I have urgency. So yeah, you had to decide whether or not wearing a wearing a diaper was worth it because nobody would help you. What this boils down to is that you were in a space where you should have felt the safest and nobody would help you. And that's what this scare that's why so many disabled people are afraid of the medical industrial complex because we of all people with all of our complex needs should feel the safest and most respected in these spaces and yet we often feel like we're less than in these spaces. And that's what makes us so reticent to be to to go to go seek help if we need it. A nurse also accused me of trying to toilet myself slash stand up unsupervised when I went into a bathroom to dump a urine bag. What the fuck? The attitudes I encountered traumatized me more than the surgery. That's so true. The attitudes of the staff in these places often are worse than what we're actually going through or trying to heal from. So think about that if you're looking to become a nurse or somebody in these spaces. Think about how you treat disabled people in there. And the last thing Kathleen says is, due to poor communication between hospital and rehab and general laziness, I was not showered for 12 days. What? You were not showered for 12? Oh, that's almost two weeks of not having a shower because the hospital wouldn't do it. That's horrible. Oh my god. And that can also lead to so much infection and damage and you're trying to heal. You need to be clean and sterile. I'm so sorry that they did that to you. Wow. But thank you for sharing, Kathleen. Another story came through from Lori who says, Hi, Lori. Hi, Lori. First of all, hi, Lori. Thank you for writing in. And Lori says, Acute care and rehabilitation facility. We're right in there. And they say, I had a tracheotomy at the time and would have go- and would have to get, quote, suctioned out, small suction catheter placed in it to get excess mucus out of my airways. 
once or twice a day at this point in time. The nurse came in one morning to do this and dropped the catheter on the floor. Okay, now any time a catheter of any sort touches the floor or, or any foreign body that is meant to medically go in your body, the standard is to throw it out and start again. That's me talking, not Lori. The standard is to throw it out and start again. But Lori says, she still started towards me with it, and I told her she couldn't use that one anymore. Good, so you asserted your right to say she could not use that catheter to trach you anymore. She used it anyway. I couldn't block her then. And 24 hours later, I couldn't breathe, and I was rushed to the hospital for pneumonia and spent over a week there. It came back a couple of times, too. Same dirt bacteria as the first time. Terrible nurse. I hope that she doesn't practice anymore. Wow, Lori, I'm so sorry. And also, if you're disabled and you're telling, if you're disabled and someone and you're telling someone no, you can't do this. It's terrifying when they do it to you anyway, especially in a medical, in a medical um, environment. You would think they'd know this, and the fact they don't—it's just so scary. Negligence in these settings kills disabled people. I am so sorry that happened to you, but I'm also really thankful you got better. Thanks, Lori. I got an email last night from Capricia, who writes in, Hi, so the story is basically that when I was 25 years old, I decided to see what my options would be if I was worried about pregnancy and full-term options. It took three doctors to find one smart one, to find one that was smart and encouraging. The first two kept explaining that it would not be a good idea to have children without really knowing my body or about my condition. This happens a lot in a woman's life with disability where they are not treated as any other pregnant woman or someone who wants to be pregnant. This is true. This kind of medical ableism happens all the time where disabled women are told they shouldn't have kids or they can't have kids or they shouldn't even consider the option and that's wrong. The medical ableism is bad because they assume that they assume anything other than totally healthy is bad. Before I found the doctor, I was really discouraged, but my mom cheered me up. The third doctor said that as long as my hips could spread, I'd be capable of carrying full term. What this also highlights is that we should be going to, to a number of different doctors to get a number of opinions on how they view disability. Because if you can find a doctor that views disability as just a part of your life and not the overall bane of every single health issue you want to have, then you might actually get proper diagnoses or different diagnoses and like, oh, it's just your disability, don't worry about it. We need doctors who understand that disability in terms of health, it's a part of our whole, it's a part of our whole makeup, just a part. It's not the whole thing. It doesn't have to be the whole thing, but it can be just a part. So thank you for sharing that, Capricia. And the last one we're going to do for today comes from Holly, who says, Hi. Hi, Holly. Holly says, Hi, I have hydrocephalus and many stories, but one in particular. Six years ago, my shunt malfunctioned again. Oh, it's the worst one that happens. They replaced it and called. And a couple of weeks later, I woke up at about 3 a.m. with my pillow and back of my head absolutely drenched in spinal fluid. Okay, whoa. That's was probably really scary. I can't imagine what it would be like to be like, oh, I'm just I'm just hanging out with, with a head full of spinal fluid. That's scary. 
I called for an ambulance and I went to the ER. The ER docs were like, we can't find where this is coming from. You're fine. Go home. What? You have cerebral spinal fluid coming out of your head and they're like, oh, we don't know where it is. Go home. That's really bad. No way. No. They should have kept you. About 24 hours later, I needed to use the bathroom. Bad. This never happens really in the morning, but did that morning because I'd been putting fluids away like they were going out of style. I went into the bathroom, did what I had to do, then I hit the floor face first. Ow, sorry. I came around after, I'm not sure how long, with no immediate memory of where I was. I was alone. I could have easily not woken up. Fuck, you were alone in your bathroom. Oh, that's so scary. I came back to bed. I don't remember much of that day at all, except the headaches were getting worse, and by that night, the back of my head is incredibly swollen. I go back to the ER by ambulance for the second time in 36 hours. The doctors were like, oh shit, you have an infection. And I'm sure you, Holly, were like, duh, obviously, thanks, doc. I don't leave the hospital again for 10 days. My shunt is replaced by an external drain while they try to get the infection at least semi-under control. I can't keep anything down, not even the cupcake they bring me for my birthday. Oh, no. I hope you eventually got a birthday treat. That sucks. Holly says, my family's 10 hours away. I have no one. You were alone during this whole ordeal? That's really scary. And I hope you had some chosen family to come, to come be with you. The day after my birthday, they go back in and put in a new shunt. They send me home the day after that with a pick line that I have to have for two weeks. My mom did come at this point, and we got a nurse because we couldn't maintain the pick line ourselves. They expected us to. Seriously. Yeah, pick lines are really hard. Those are the center lines that go into your body when things are... when when you need like more intense medication. And I, I wouldn't know how to do that. Holly finishes out saying the entire ordeal lasted 21 days. I lost my hair, I didn't get to celebrate my birthday, and I almost died. All because ER doctors wouldn't take a disabled woman seriously. Wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. And this is again a call to doctors. Take us fucking seriously. When we know our bodies, we know what's going on with us. Listen to us, please. Please, Holly. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, that's it for this Minnesota where we talk about medical ableism. Thank you all for writing in, and I got a few more that I'm going to save for another episode and another Minnesota that we can do about medical ableism. Um, and if you want to keep sending in your stories about medical ableism, do that. But for next month, December 6th, when the next Minnesota is coming out, I want you to write me back... Back when we first started doing Minnesotes for like Minnesota number seven or something, we did the f- the sexiest or the funniest disabled story that um the f- and what, what, it was like the funniest sexiest disability story the, the the funny sexy things that only happen to you when you're disabled or like weird awkward sex and disability stories. So what you can do is you can send those in to disabilityafterdark at gmail dot com. I will read them personally, and we will um, we'll do a Minnesota about the funniest, sexiest, most awkward things that happen to you as a disabled person during sex. Send me those stories in. Make me laugh. Make me chortle. Give me something to giggle about around sex and disability. So I'd love to do that. So 
send those in and send in again send in whatever kind of minnesota stories you want and i will read them off and we'll do episodes about them but i really i love doing the minnesotes i love that you're engaged and i think once a month is working out a lot better and i um so once again they'll come out every month on the 6th and we'll go from there but thank you for listening to minnesota 28 and we'll see you again on thursday for the next episode Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Sugiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2019.